everybody, welcome to the first Dead Pilot Society episode of 2018. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. Guys, can I just say thank you so much for listening to this right now. I know how many incredible podcasts there are out there, and so it really means a lot to us that you're listening to this one. We were very excited that our uh, Housewives episode made IndieWire's list of the 50 best podcast episodes of 2017. Uh, So many of my favorite shows were on that list And I gotta say, really cool to be included. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should go back and check it out. I know they said they had a hard time deciding between Housewives and Roller World and, you know, a bunch of others I think could have made it. Uh, So go back. If you haven't listened, listen to those. Um, I've talked about this before on the show, but it is January, and January is the most stressful month for writers who have pilots at the broadcast networks. I've talked to a bunch of friends who have network pilots they're working on right now, and let me tell you, it's not a happy group. A lot of the writers who still haven't delivered their final drafts are in a place where they've gotten so many notes from so many different people that they've lost sight of what their show is even about. And for those people who have delivered their scripts, there's this powerless feeling. You think there must be something you can do to improve your script's chances of getting shot, something your agent could be doing, or your studio. There must be something, but there's really not. There's nothing to do but sit and wait and hope you get lucky. You know, I... Uh, I'm sort of thankful I'm not writing a pilot this season um, because I'm sure running this Netflix show, but I am supervising some writers. They're working on their second draft for the network. And when I talked to them today, they said, this will be the last draft, right? There won't be any notes after this. And I so empathize with the hopefulness behind that question. You know, they've been so, they've written so many versions of the pitch and the story document and the outline and the script. I understand thinking this has to be it, but I had to tell them, nope, still could be a bunch more rounds of notes to come. So I don't know, maybe by the next uh, episode, I will be able to tell you whether that pilot lives or dies. We'll see. Um, Our dead pilot this time is The Dulo, written by Ted Cohen. And me. Uh, I've been sitting on this one for a while. You know, I just uh, was sort of reluctant to flood the show with my own dead pilots. But I will say I really do like the script. Ted and I had a lot of fun writing it and actually had some cool ideas for how we would have kept it going in series. But, uh, oh, well. I talk a a bit more about how the show came about and and writing it uh, when Ben Blacker uh, interviews me. You'll hear that soon. We did this live at the, the San Francisco Sketch Fest. So there is some adult content in this one, just to warn you. But here you go. Uh, enjoy the Dulo after a brief message. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like... Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> Will you change your mind? Or too much? 
Well, let's talk about the pilot first. Let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was this written? For whom was this written? And what happened? <laughs> so this, I don't remember it now. It was a year ago or so. It was uh, my agency sent uh, over a short story that's called The Wisdom of the Doulas. And they sent it over with no author name on it. And I read it, and I, and I felt like it was a Sam Lipsite story. Um, He's a he's a great writer, and I've been reading his stuff in the New York and really loving it. And I and I you know I called him and said I feel like this is this is Sam Lipsight, which it was, and it was you know it's a short piece. It was published in Playboy, and it's about a male doula. Um, <laughs> we're in San Francisco. I figure everyone here knows what a <laughs> what a doula is. Um, but and it was just this uh, this great character, and. Uh, my partner and I both really liked the story and, and thought there was something. We, we loved the character and we loved the, you know, there's one moment, this incredibly shocking moment at the end of the story, which I won't totally give away, but it, it, it's basically this male doula uh, solves a, the, the problem of a mother who has clogged breast ducts uh, <laughs> with his mouth. So that's, uh, so it, it was just such a startling and, and amazing moment and, and we love that. And, so the, the story had been optioned by Dennis Leary's company, Apostle, and, and we met with them and we liked it. And we didn't want to do it for network because it seemed like it would turn into Commando Nanny, which I don't know if anyone <laughs> remembers that show, uh, but it was, a, it was a terrible show. We didn't want to do that. So we wanted to do it for cable and we had an idea that it would be uh, a sort, of, you know, sort of edgy show for FX or HBO. And, and we, we pitched it to, to those places. And the, the, the place that, that bought it was, was USA network which was unexpected you know for us and so but and, and they turned out to be great we you know i think we originally wrote a sort of toned down version of it and they said no just go for it uh which we did we had a great experience um i, I, I you know i was thinking this sometimes that you're gonna chances are you're gonna get a a bolt in the in the head at the end of this process but you can either have a sort of kfo feedlot uh, experience, or you can have a, a grass-fed, uh, pastured <laughs> experience before you get that, that bolt in the head. And, and this was definitely... Guys, uh, if you're looking to get into the entertainment yeah. industry, <laughs> if this doesn't inspire you... <laughs> so it was very pasture-raised, this, uh, this experience. And, and what happened, I would say, there, there's so many ways that you can, a pilot can end up as a, as a dead pilot. You can be on the wrong end of any number of, of trends. You can write a, a multi-camera live audience sitcom the year the network only wants single camera or vice versa. You can, you can adapt a British show the year they, everyone decides we don't want to adapt British shows. You can, you know, and, but this was, uh, what happened with this one was they loved the scripts all, all along and then um, we got word that USA had decided to stop doing comedy. Uh, so that was new that you know we just they just absolutely got out of the, the, the and so as a writer you feel like wow it was it was so bad it made them abandon the idea of of, of comedy altogether uh, so that so that ultimately was 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 what happened with it but finally the doula will get will its due there. I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. 
Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. This is The Dulo by Ted Cohen and Andrew Reich, based on the short story, The Wisdom of the Doulas, by Sam Lipsight. We fade in, we're in Boston General Hospital in a delivery room. A sweaty, wound up, and very pregnant Chrissy Gottwald lies in a hospital bed. Her bookish, mild-mannered husband, Paul, stands by her, holding her hand as she talks to a doctor with an aggressive comb-over. No! I'm not ready to give up yet. I'm sorry, Chrissy, but you've been pushing for six hours and the baby's still stuck. We're going to have to do a C-section. But... Everything's going to be fine, okay? Stop worrying. You stop worrying! And chew some gum before you come back here and talk to me, some mint gum! Honey, <sighs> calm down. You heard what he said. The baby's fine. You're fine. This is all normal stuff. I'm just, I'm disappointed, okay? I did all this preparation with Ida Mae for a natural birth. She was, she was going to bring candles and music and I was going to breathe and push and it was going to be magical as shit! <laughs> Where the hell is Ida Mae, anyway? Oh. What, Paul? I, I didn't want to tell you this based on your, your state of mind, oh. which is super, by the way. <laughs> you are an inspiration. But uh, Ida May uh, can't exactly uh, totally be here in person. What? She was in a car accident, broke both her arms. Oh my God. How could she do that to me? <laughs> Again, an inspiration. Don't worry, I talked to the doula agency. They're sending someone else. We're interior of the hospital hallway. Shots of a man striding with dick-swinging manliness. <laughs> We're close on a pair of steel-toed boots. Then an army green duffel bag slung over his shoulder. Then a scuffed up motorcycle helmet. Still walking, he passes his left hand under a wall-mounted automatic Purell dispenser, which squirts him out into his palm. Then he does the same thing with his right hand, and then in slow motion, he slaps his hands together and gives them a good sterilizing rub. Little droplets of glycerin jellied ethanol flying off his fingertips. We're back in the hospital delivery room. This mystery man bursts in on Paul and Chrissy. Good morning. I'm Mitch Kirby. You're Dulo. <laughs> we freeze on Mitch's face. Over it, we see the following two definitions. Doula, noun, a woman who assists women during labor and after childbirth. Doulo, noun, a male doula, not an actual word. <laughs> we resume action. During the following, Mitch wets a, wet, wets a wash rag in a pitcher of ice water, wrings it out, and puts it over the dumbstruck Chrissy's forehead, then wets and wrings out a second rag. His movements are fast and fluid. He's clearly a pro. Okay, I know what you're thinking. I am a man, and not the kind you might imagine being drawn to women's work. The kind who can put out a campfire with his piss stream. But, I assure you, I have extensive training and experience. I have personally helped deliver and care for many top-notch babies, including, but not limited to, a violin prodigy who played Carnegie Hall at age six without being Chinese. What? Head up. Chrissy lifts her head off the pillow and Mitch gently slips the second wet rag under her neck. Oh Christ, that feels good. 
That is just the start. We gotta get you relaxed. You're in a sweet spot right now where you can't hurt the baby's development. And you're not breastfeeding yet, so you can do whatever you want. So, what's your thing? Vodka, whiskey? I make a mean margarita. Um, I'm not really... Okay, say no more. I've also got some Burmese kush that'll make birthing this baby feel so good, you'll wish you were squeezing out septuplets. He pulls out a vaporizer. There's a knock on the door, and then the doctor peeks his head in. He gives Mitch a puzzled look. Mitch Kirby, Dulo. I like your hair. Uh, thank you. The OR is ready. We'll be back to get you in two minutes. He exits. The OR? Yeah, the baby's stuck. They need to do a C-section. Mm. I'm guessing surgery was not part of the birth plan when you, that you worked out with Ida Mae? No, no, it was going to be all Sandalwood and Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> So the baby's not breech and there's no placental abruption or anything? No, he just said he's stuck. Okay, what if I told you that this might still be able to be done straight up vagina style? How? Okay, I need you to get on all fours. What? You heard me, make like you and your hubby here in a hotel room in front of a big mirror and he's gonna hit it from behind. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it may be time for you to Just okay. hear me out. Doctors like to operate, gets them out of here quicker so they can go get their salad tossed by a Craigslist hooker or whatever they're into. But the fact is, it's not always necessary. Doulas are trained to help shift the position of the baby. Look, we've been doing this since before. There were ultrasounds and epidurals and C-sections. I've seen it work before, trust me. Chrissy looks into Mitch's confident eyes for a beat. <laughs> All right, let's do it. But we don't even know this person. What do we have to lose, Paul? Mitch helps Chrissy get on her hands and knees and put some pillows under her. Good, now look at me. Breathe. One, two, three, four. Breathe. One, two. I felt something. What was that? Mitch feels her stomach. The baby shifted, we're in business. Oh, oh my God! Just oh my keep God. breathing and push like you're trying to shit out a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> The door opens and the doctor re-enters with a couple of nurses and an orderly pushing a gurney. All right, we are ready for what is going on. <laughs> I did your work for you, doc. The baby's coming. You'll be out of here in time to get your salad tossed after all. As the stunned doctor rushes over to deliver the baby, we fade out, end of cold open. We interrupt the doulo to tell you that Dead Pilot Society is brought to you in part by Harry's. This is another really exciting sponsor for me because I use a Harry's razor and blades and I love them. You know, and I will be totally honest, which is that when Harry's first started, I got a Harry's razor and blades and I didn't love it. I felt like my big corporate brand name razor gave me a better shave. But I will tell you, things have changed. I have one of their new razors and it is so much better. The blades, the way the blade, the way the razor pivots uh, to follow the line of your chin, I'm telling you, it is a better shave than your big name corporate uh, razor. It really is. I'm a total convert. I love, I love my Harry's razor. And look, Harry's is so confident that you're gonna love their blades, they will give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash deadpilots. You just pay for shipping. Look, claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a $13 value for free when you sign up. You just cover the shipping. And the trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle. This is a great razor. Uh, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. 
They give you this bottle of a, a rich lathering shave gel, which is great. I usually am um, a brush guy myself, but I've used, you know, this gel is really good. And a travel blade cover. Just get your free trial. Go to harrys.com slash deadpilots right now. It's harrys.com slash deadpilots. I'm telling you, there's no reason for you not to just go do this right now. Okay, now back to the doulo. Act one, we're in the hospital recovery room. Chrissy is in a hospital bed with the baby on her chest. Paul sits next to her. Mm. You know, he feels a little cold. Baby center says it's important to have skin-to-skin contact, but Babel says I, I need to watch his temperature, so, you know, I'm going to cover him. No, I'm, I'm going to leave him. You know what? I'm going to cover him. She covers him with a baby blanket, and then, after a beat, changes her mind again and throws the blanket on the floor. There. It's perfect. Could you get that blanket for me? <laughs> Mitch enters. There's the champ. Here, got you a beef stick. Hospital gift shop charcuterie section is for shit. <laughs> now, let's check out this little guy. <laughs> wow, looks exactly like his old man. You think? Yeah, are you even sure you're the mother? <laughs> I'm kidding, we all just saw him squirt out of you. <laughs> okay, uh, one good thing about avoiding a C-section, I mean, besides not having your muffin top sliced open and your organs tossed around like a bunch of stew meat, is that we get home in one day instead of three. I'm sorry, we? You had a doula booked for three weeks after the birth, right? Paul and Chrissy exchange a look. Well, yes, but I mean, we really appreciate what you did in the delivery room, but mm-hmm. I think we can take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a mistake, Paul. Look, I am good pre-partum. I obviously crushed partum. <laughs> uh, but postpartum? Yeah, I, uh, I spank postpartum's ass till it's red and shiny. Okay, I'm sure that's true, but... Okay, I get it. It's because I'm a dude. That's oh, no, no, ridiculous. No, we don't see I don't know why we even... <laughs> oh, come no. on, what else could it be? Look, why would you not want me but be willing to hire a hack like Ida May? She can't even diaper, okay? I've personally seen her be responsible for at least five blowouts. I'm talking brown ones. <laughs> like real ceiling sprayers. Um, uh, it's just that we've gotten to know Ida May. We, we don't know anything about you. Okay. Let's fix that. Oh, uh. He pulls up a chair. How did I become a doulo? Great question. You see, I wasn't always the man you see sitting before you today. For most of my life, I was a lost soul, drifting from place to place, job to job. I worked the fishing boats out of Gloucester, spent some time wildcatting in the Bakken in North Dakota, DJed at a gay after-hours dungeon. A fisties over in Roxbury, if you're wondering. But I could never keep a job for very long. Always drinking too much, getting into fights. Never did hard time, but I saw my share of county jails and drunk tanks. You realize this is the worst job interview in history. (laughs) And then, at my lowest point, I found my salvation. We flash back to exterior street at night. A drunk Mitch, bottle in hand, stands outside a storefront. The sign reads, The Pump Palace. He stumbles in. Interior of the pump palace. Breast pump accessories, boppy pillows, and other products for new moms line the walls. Mitch looks around, confused. Then his attention is drawn to the rear of the store, where an older black woman is teaching a class of a dozen or so women. Doulas have been doing this since before there were ultrasounds, epidurals, and C-sections. She notices Mitch, who is turning to leave. Uh, excuse me, can I help you? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, uh, I made a mistake. I thought this was the type of place that a gentleman could get a $10 handjob. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, we don't do those, but how about a job for your hands? 
your mind, and your soul. Hey, <laughs> you are a crazy lady. Maybe stuff is not my thing. Oh, yeah. Well, what is your thing? Bargain hand jobs. <laughs> Have a seat. Mitch hesitantly walks over and takes a seat. We're in the hospital recovery room, back to present. That woman was Fanny Hitchens, the greatest doula who ever lived. She saw something in me that I was too blind to see in myself. Baby stuff was my thing. Turned out, I was her final student. The day I got my certification was her last. But at least she died doing what she loved best. <laughs> Yelling at an Asian driver. <laughs> She fights back tears. Well, well th this has been a, a fascinating way to spend the first few minutes of my son's life, but... You got the job. What? You got the job. Now, I, I gotta stick with my birth plan, Paul. Gay dungeon, barking hand jobs, none of this troubles you. Look, look I know he's unconventional, but I have a good feeling about him. And we need to get the baby on schedule ASAP. We don't have time to find another person. These first few days are crucial. Okay, you're hired. Yes. Excellent. You're not going to regret this. I will take such good care of you guys and your little, uh, what's the baby's name? Oh, Franzen. That we is... named him, named him after our favorite author. Yeah. That is not okay. <laughs> but we will talk about that later. We are interior of the Velvet Cheetah Gentlemen's Club. It's a neighborhood topless bar. It's been around for a long time and has character without being seedy. Mitch enters and passes by an attractive cocktail waitress. Hey, Mitch, how come you didn't call me? Uh, I'm a busy guy. I don't have a lot of time to call women I've already had sex with. <laughs> she rolls her eyes. That's so Mitch. He makes his way to a table where his two best friends, Colin and Mal, sit. They're tough, salt-of-the-earth guys. Fellas, how was your day? Sucked. Pulled into him. Sucked. Pulled in 20 miles a long line and ended up with nothing but a cooler full of trash fish and a couple of very unhappy seagulls. How about you? Oh, nothing too exciting. Just birth doulo to vaginal delivery of a baby diagnosed with failure to progress. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> What'd you do, an external cephalic rotation? No, I just changed the pelvic presentation, then bam! Baby shot right out that baby hole. <laughs> Nice. So was this uh, just a birth gig or? Oh, man, three weeks postpartum. That's your jam. I know. I'm going to set up the nursery, get that baby on a schedule. I have a feeling like breastfeeding could be an issue. Uh, why? Why is that? Uh, Mom flashed a little tit in the hospital. I think I saw some flat nipples. A drunk guy nearby overhears. Uh, I like those long pencil eraser nipples. <laughs> Like Farrah Fawcett had in that Playboy. You know, that's not really the kind of conversation we were having. You, you, you were talking about nipples, right? <laughs> yes, but not in a sexual context. We were talking about breastfeeding. It's an issue I deal with in my work. What are you, what are you like a wet nurse or something? I'm a doulo. A homo? <laughs> no, a doulo, a male doula. Yeah, I heard homo. Colin and Mal push their chairs back and propound to pound the guy's face in. Mitch stops them. I got this. 
Uh, what do you do, friend? Uh, longshoreman. Oh, wharfy, huh? Dealing with the cranes and winches, lashing down containers. It's a tough job. Bet your ass it is. Well, let me tell you some of the shit I've dealt with in my job. I've had a baby puke all over me, and then when I was cleaning him up, piss directly into my mouth. <laughs> I've seen things come out of a woman that would make your dick shrivel up so small you could stuff an olive with it. <laughs> and I've had to sing Frere Jaca over one million times. <laughs> so I ask you, who's got it tougher? There's a long beat, and then the guy smiles. Someone get this guy a beer. He puts his arm around Mitch and signals for another round. We're in the Gottwald's apartment. It's a beautiful, light-filled, open-plan loft near the financial district in Boston. It's nicely decorated and has a water view. Chrissy holds Franzen as Paul addresses him, camera phone in hand. Okay, Daddy's gonna take a picture of you using the beta version of the new camera phone software he designed. Has over 200 different filters and textures, and it's completely customizable. He's two days old, Paul. You have a limited window between shittings. Got it. Okay, bring him over by the window, and I'll get the two of you. Oh, the two of us? I just had a baby. If you take a picture of me right now, I will delete it so fast, the pixels won't even have time to dry. Are, are you sure? Because I've got an effect on this that will take off 10. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> okay, just you then, Franzen. Chrissy holds Franzen away from her. Paul takes the picture and looks at his phone, but something goes wrong. Damn it, there's a bug. I need to deal with this. No, no, Paul, you're on paternity leave. Someone else at work can handle it. It'll only take a couple of hours. That's what you always say. And then you show up three days later with a full beard, smelling like you took a bath and cup of noodles. I can't have you disappearing on some code writing bender when we've got a brand new baby at home, honey. You're right, you're right. Vikram can handle it. The code he'll write will be Clumsy and inelegant, but I'm okay with that. The doorbell rings. They open it on Mitch, who once again carries his duffel bag and motorcycle helmet. Hey, I met your hot neighbor in the elevator. What's your deal? <laughs> uh, Andrea? Uh, she, uh, she has a boyfriend. No, not for long. But don't worry. If I throw a bang into her, it won't be when I'm on the clock. So, how's the little guy? Good, good. Yeah, yeah, he only got a 9 out of 10 on his Abgar test at the hospital, so you know, I've been working with him on his arm and leg flexion. Oh, okay, you're one of those. Um, clearly I am needed here. Uh, let me tell you how I work. Anything to do with little Jake here, feeding, sleeping, bathing, I am on that like brown on brown rice. But I'm also here to take care of you, so I will cook. I will do laundry, and I will help the two of you get your sex life back on track just as soon as your squeeze box is off the injury list. Okay, um, did you call him Jake? His name is Franzen. No, no, it's not. Let me see the nursery. <laughs> We're in the nursery. Christy looks on proudly as Mitch surveys the room, which is packed to the gills with every baby accessory known to man. You've really got everything in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a very prepared person. Yeah. We're gonna get rid of all of this shit. What? No, I need it for the baby and his development. Really? Really, you need a wipe warmer for his development. Yes, stress hormones can be very damaging. If a kid can't handle a cold wipe, how's he gonna handle Afghanistan? <laughs> and do you really need an electric baby swing, and a vibrating baby seat, and an oscillating mama roo. Okay. Because I will tell you what I think, okay? I think letting kids be soothed by these ridiculous machines is what leads them to become stimulation junkies who sit around watching porn all day. What's porn? We reveal the Gottwald's six-year-old son, Ezekiel, has entered. 
Movies starring penises and vaginas. Who are you? Uh, 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 Mitch, this is our son Ezekiel. Ezekiel, this is the man we told you about. He's here to help us with Franzen. Mitch gets down on Ezekiel's level. But I'm also here for you, buddy. You think farts are funny? Yeah. Me too. I got one on deck right now. I'll let you know when it's ready. <laughs> when are you going to work, Daddy? I, I, I'm not. I'm on paternity leave. Yay! Do you want to play shoots and ladders? Ah, shoots and ladders makes Daddy's eyes sleepy. <laughs> How about chess? But I like shoots and ladders. Okay. Why don't you go set it up? Ezekiel exits. Sweet kid. Oh, he may try to drown the baby in the toilet, but that's normal. Paul's cell phone rings. It's my mom. I, I should take this. Uh, uh, she can't come out before my mom does, and she can only stay for a week, which is seven days, not nine. Uh, got it. Uh, hi, Mom. He exits. So let me show you where you'll be. She turns to see that Mitch is now wedged into the mamaru, which is shaking back and forth. Nope. <laughs> where you'll be staying. Sweet. Chrissy starts to exit. Mitch picks up the mamaru. What, are you gonna throw that out too? No, I'm taking this to my room. This baby has my prostate on speed dial. <laughs> We're in the Gottwald department in the home office. Paul enters and shuts the door into phone. Yes, I know you're not my mother, Vikram. <laughs> yes, no, I saw the bug too. Yeah, you could do that, but there may be a more elegant solution. Let me write up a workaround and I'll send it to you. He hangs up and opens his laptop. Ezekiel pokes his head in. Daddy, I set up the game. Oh, um, I, I need to help Grandma book her flight. I don't think I can play right now. Sorry, bud. Oh, okay. He exits. Paul starts typing. In the guest room, Chrissy is showing Mitch this cozy bedroom. He picks up a cookbook from a stack of identical cookbooks on a shelf. You wrote this? Oh, yeah. That's what I used to do before I had Ezekiel. Yeah, believe it or not, I was once a contributing member of society. Don't say that. You're doing the most important job in the world. I don't want to hear you putting yourself down. Mm. Self-deprecation equals self-defecation. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, that's your bathroom through there, and I put plenty of hangers in the closet. Looks great. Uh, only one thing. He points to a clock on a high shelf. Where you have the nanny cam, it's gonna make my junk look small. Huh. Oh, I guess that's not as subtle as I thought. It's okay, weird guy in your house, I don't blame you for having one. What? There are four. <laughs> Seriously? Well, don't, you know, get rid of some of them. Just, uh, uh, don't take a shower yet. <laughs> she exits. Mitch unzips his duffel and takes out his few belongings. A pair of jeans, a shirt, a few pairs of boxers. Suddenly, Fanny Hitchens materializes, startling Mitch. Hello, Mitch. Jesus, Fanny. Oh, this place is nice. I was just in the kitchen, and the dishwasher was running. You couldn't hear it at all. You know I don't care about that stuff. I know, I know. You're old Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. But I myself have always appreciated a well-engineered German appliance. Did you see what I did in the delivery room? Mm, of course, I saw that. I'm always watching you. Better than watching my actual son trying to sell his stupid old owl ornaments on Etsy. <laughs> you know, you did good work in there. But this family needs your help. You think? Mm-hmm. She's so worried about making a mistake, she's gonna give herself a heart attack, just like I did yelling at that fool. He 
know he had his blinker on for 40 miles. <laughs> what about Paul and Ezekiel? Oh, yeah. You know, they got some serious cats in the cradle and the silver spoon shit going on. <laughs> Ezekiel pops his head in. Mitch, can you play with me? My daddy's busy. Sure I can. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. <laughs> We're in the kitchen. It's a little later. Mitch and Ezekiel are playing chutes and ladders. Ezekiel moves his piece to the top of a chute. Oh, that is a chute, buddy. Time to relive all your good memories of being on Space 15. <laughs> no, no. When Mommy plays with me, I don't have to go down the chutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I cannot let you play that way, Z-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because, take it from me, in real life, there are plenty of shoots. Your parents give you up for an adoption, for adoption and you're raised in a series of foster homes. That's a shoot. Your girlfriend dumps you for maxing out her credit card, playing online Donkey Kong for money. That's a shoot. Your fishing boat captain fires you for doing blotter acid and shooting the flare gun at a kid and a sunfish you thought was a Somali pirate. <laughs> That is a shoot. <laughs> and landing on space number 47, my friend, that is a shoot. So down you go. He moves Ezekiel's piece down the chute. Fine. Can I ask you something? Sure. Are there really movies about penises and vaginas? <laughs> that is something you should ask your dad. We're in Paul's office. Paul is at his desk writing code on his laptop. The door opens. Paul quickly shuts his laptop, but when he sees it's just Ezekiel, he reopens it. Hey, Ezekiel, still working on those flights for Grandma. <laughs> Can I borrow your phone? Mm, sure. Distracted, he hands it to Ezekiel. Thank you. I'm gonna make a movie about my penis. What? <laughs> the, the baby man said there are movies about penises? And so I want to make one about mine. No, that is not true. Look, you, you just, you can't. I don't want you to talk or think about your penis ever again. Paul's phone rings. I, I, I have to take this, but, but no penis, okay? Yeah. Hey, no, I'm, I'm almost done. What do you mean, don't bother? He leaves the office to continue the call. After he's gone, Ezekiel goes over to his laptop and opens the search window. He types into the search bar, Movies about six-year-old penises. <laughs> he hits return and we cut away from the screen. We're in the kitchen. Paul enters, still on the phone. No, Vikram, no. Your, your way will use too much processing power. You know what? I'm just going to come in and show you what I've got. He hangs up. We reveal Mitch cooking something. When you're coming home, Dad, don't know. <laughs> what? Nothing. Uh, hey, did, <laughs> did Ezekiel come to you with a question? He did, thank you very much. What did you tell him? I told him not to talk or think about his penis ever again. That's a good tactic. If you want him to end up all silence of the lambs, tucking his wiener between his legs and making a suit out of human skin. Okay. <laughs> my son's bit penis is my business and I will handle it myself. Ah, you know what I mean. I... Now you, are, now you are a doula, so just leave me alone and just duel. He walks away. Mitch calls after him. Puts the lotion on its skin, Paul. <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. 
We're in Paul's office. Ezekiel is still on the laptop. Paul rushes in, closes the computer without looking at it, and picks it up. Daddy needs this. Ezekiel watches him go. In the nursery, it's later. Chrissy's in the glider holding Franzen. She looks discouraged. Mitch enters holding a bowl. I made this crispy skin striped bass with celery root puree from your cookbook. Serious mouth boner. Yeah, glad, glad to hear that. What's wrong? Just feeding him has not really been going well. It's what I'm here for. Tell me what's wrong. I don't, I don't know. My, my, my breasts just feel lumpy and sore and you know, I'm kind of achy all over. Does it hurt more when he's nursing? Yeah. Huh. Sounds like you got yourself some clogged breast ducts. Is, is that serious? Yeah, it can be. If it keeps up, it can turn into mastitis. mastitis. Then you're on antibiotics, which will most likely give you a yeast infection. Then we'll all have to say the words yeast infection, and nobody wants that. Damn it. You know, we fell asleep during a couple of feedings. I, I should have woken him up, and then It's it not your fault. It happens. I just, I really wanted this to go well. I hate to admit this, but I didn't breastfeed Ezekiel. And um, I think that that is probably why he sometimes gets colds, you know? It could be. It could also be because he is a human child. <laughs> You've got to stop being so hard on yourself. You're a good mom, Chrissy. Your only problem is that you're trying to be a perfect one. <laughs> yeah, well, I am definitely failing at that. So does everyone. But you're doing better than most. And I've seen a lot of moms. Well, thank you. Now, back to the problem at hand. This little guy doesn't have enough sucking power to clear your ducts and fully drain your milk bags. OK, um, so what do I do? You could try pumping, a hot shower, heat packs. But the fastest way for you to get relief is to have a grown-up suck on them really hard. Chrissy looks at him stunned. Ezekiel walks in. Suck on what? <laughs> we are interior Falcon Stream Software Company in the conference room. It's a sleek building in the Innovation District. A bunch of techies sit at a table. At the head is the team leader, Patricia. Paul rushes in, laptop in hand. Patricia, where are you? Hey, Paul. <laughs> uh, you didn't need to come in, Vickham's got this. With, with all due respect, I think I've got a better solution. He connects the laptop to an AV cable and opens it. Everyone focuses their attention on a large wall-mounted screen at the end of the table opposite from Patricia. Basically, there's an issue with the AVF subtree where the array index... Paul is stopped short by what comes up on the screen. His co-workers react in shock. They all turn to look at him. Oh, no. We fade out, end of act one. Act two, we fade in, we're in the Gottwald's living room, it's later. Mitch is taking some heat packs out of the microwave. Chrissy enters in a bathrobe. Did the shower help? No, you know, they actually feel worse. You know what would help. Mitch. <laughs> I'm not saying I wanna do it. It should be Paul, but Someone's got to for your sake, and for Jake's. Would you please stop calling him Jake? Oh, I can't. He looks like a Jake to me now. <laughs> the front door opens and a downtrodden Paul enters. Paul, where have you been? I was at work. What happened to paternity leave? 
Actually, I'm on permanent paternity leave <laughs> because I got fired. What? Why? For searching for kitty porn on my computer. <laughs> what? And it's all your fault. If you hadn't told Ezekiel about porn, I'd still have a job, and I wouldn't know there was a movie out there called Tricycle Studs. <laughs> Look, we can point fingers at each other all day, <laughs> but we have an urgent situation here. You need to clear your wife's breast ducts with your mouth. What? She's hurting, man. Now either you do it or I will. Exterior Gottwald department. Mitch exits, his duffel bag slung over his shoulder. Paul slams the door in his face. You can fire me, but that's not gonna help Chrissy. No response. He starts down the hall. After a beat, the door opens again and Ezekiel runs up to him. Where are you going? Well, buddy, it's like I said. Sometimes we have to go down the chutes. Mitch gives him a hug, then continues down the hall. We're at the Boston Cares Doula Agency. It's a hotbed of earnestness. <laughs> Mitch walks into the office of the head of the agency, Monica, who sits at her desk. You should get some more patchouli going in here, Monica. I can still breathe a little. <laughs> he notices that there are two other women in the office. Both are a little on the new agey side. Oh, uh, what are Starshine and Shine Star doing here? <laughs> Is this some kind of dangly earring convention that nobody told me about? Okay, I asked Andrea and Poet to be here so we could discuss what disciplinary action would be appropriate. So you talked to the Gottwalds. Is it true that you suggested Mr. Gottwald nurse on his own wife, and then when he refused, you offered to do it yourself? Yeah, I did. I cannot believe that you think that that was appropriate behavior for a doula, and from a student of Fanny Hitchens, no less. Oh, she must be turning over in her grave. Fanny materializes in the room. Only Mitch can see and hear her. I was cremated, you dumb hippie. <laughs> I did the right thing. I could have helped her. And if you were in that position, you would have done the same thing. Or you. Or you, Starshine. Look, we have had our differences in the past, but this time you've gone too far. Gonna have to dismiss you from the agency. Namaste. No, 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 you, you cannot do that. Fanny Fanny isn't here. Mitch just stands there dumbstruck. Fanny puts a hand on his shoulder. I wish I were Mitch, because if I would, I would leave that bitch the biggest upper decker she's ever seen. Realizing there's nothing he can do, Mitch storms out. We're in the Gottwald's apartment in Paul and Chrissy's bedroom. Paul sits on the bed, head in his hands. He can hear the sound of the shower running. God, yeah! really hurts. Paul raises his head. He looks like he's made a decision. In the bathroom, Paul enters and pulls back the shower curtain, a look of manly determination on his face. <laughs> Chrissy reacts, surprised. We're interior of the Velvet Cheetah. The place is packed. Colin and Mal are there. They and a bunch of other guys are all looking up at the stage. Mitch, get down! We reveal Mitch up on the stage. He's had a lot to drink. I am getting down! He does some dance moves around the pole, singing along to the Lady Gaga. So, do, oh. <laughs> do what you want, what you want with my body. Do what you want, what you want with my body. He takes off his shirt and tries to push his pecs together in an effort to make cleavage. Come on, people, make it rain! 
A bouncer steps up onto the stage. We're outside the Velvet Cheetah. The doors open and the bouncer tosses the shirtless Mitch out. You do not get to do what you want with my body. Colin and Mal come out and lift him up. You do not have a future in stripping. <laughs> oh yeah? Then why do I have all these dollar bills in my underwear? He pulls one out and waves it in their faces. Because you put them there. <laughs> come on, man. Why don't you come back to our place tonight? Mom will make you some clam chowder and a bread bowl, just like you like. Thanks, guys, but I kind of think I want to be alone. Mal drapes his jacket around Mitch. You know where to find us. They head off as Mitch sits down on the curb. He shivers cold and sticks his hands in his pants pockets. He pulls something from one of them. It's a pacifier. He chucks it into the gutter. Fanny materializes. I hope you're not thinking about going to get yourself a $10 corn buttering. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to take away the thing that I love the most. I know. It's not fair. You know, you did what you could for that family. You always make me proud. You know you always do. His cell phone rings. He takes it out of his other pocket and looks at it. Well, answer it, dummy. Hello? We're in the Gottwalds' apartment living room. The Gottwalds are there when Mitch bursts in. He looks the worse for wear and is still shirtless. <laughs> oh my god, what happened to you? It's not important. <laughs> what made you change your mind? Well, your prescription turned out to be effective, even though it has permanently turned me into an ass man. Okay, okay. okay. What he's trying to say is... <laughs> what are you trying to say is we, we were wrong and we would really love for you to come back. Donkey balls! Hug it out! <laughs> he envelops them in a three-way hug. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for giving me another chance. Of course. You want a whole... Jake? Mitch smiles, acknowledging the gesture. I would love to. He carefully takes the baby. Ezekiel comes bounding down the hall in his pajamas, excited. Mitch, you're back! Why don't you have a shirt on? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Zeke. I was very sad about leaving. And when people are sad, sometimes they do crazy things. Have you ever seen that video of bald Britney going nuts in the car? <laughs> you know what? That is for another time. <laughs> How about a game of shoots and ladders? Actually, it's bedtime, and I wanted to read you this great book. It's called, Where Did I Come From? What's it about? Penises and vaginas. <laughs> he looks to Mitch, who gives him a thumbs up. Well done. We sit in this nice family moment for a beat. Then there's a knock at the door, and Paul opens it on two men in suits. Paul Gottwald? Yeah. FBI, we need to ask you some questions. And uh, we're going to need to have to take a look at that laptop. Mitch and the Gottwalds react as we fade out. End of show. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, thank you to my co-host, Ben Blacker. Thanks to Janet Varney and everyone at SF Sketchfest. Thank you uh, to the brilliant, and I mean that very literally, the brilliant Sam Lipsight, 
uh, for the story that started it all. Um, thank you to Noah Finling for handling so much. Uh, please, all of you, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode. Uh, while you're there, give us a rating. Um, five stars is one suggestion. Uh, you should really also follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram and Facebook at Dead Pilot Society. You can find out all about our live shows. Working on another one of those now. Hey, until next time, I'm Andrew Reich, and thank you for listening. <laughs>